0: There's a kind of infamous video that started making the rounds in Mexico a few years ago. It was about a controversial shooting. And, just a quick warning, you're about to hear gunfire. The footage is taken from what looks like a helmet cam, and it was first published by a Mexican newspaper. And the scene is being filmed by a soldier sitting behind a mounted gun of an army truck. He's on a dark highway in a border town, called Nuevo Laredo. It's just across the Rio Grande from Laredo, Texas. The footage is grainy and a little shaky, but it clearly shows an army vehicle coming to a stop near a pickup truck. And then the soldiers inside begin to open fire.
1: They're shooting. Someone saying, please, please, don't, don't shoot. Stop shooting, stop shooting, stop shooting. But they don't listen to him.
0: This is Luis Fernando Garcia. He's a lawyer and the executive director of a digital rights organization in Mexico called R3D.
1: They keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. There's no fire coming back. This is a clear excessive use of words. They keep shooting, keep shooting.
0: And then there's this moment where you see someone in the bed of the truck. And he's moving.
1: And this is when they say... He's alive, he's alive. And here's where they say, kill him, kill him.
0: The video appears to capture an extrajudicial killing by the Mexican army. And if you examined it frame by frame, other details began to emerge.
1: Someone in the back of the truck, had hands tied, and there was also some forensic evidence about some of the victims being shot At close range.
0: The shooting itself took place in July 2020. And a short time later, an army press release provided the military's version of what took place.
1: Saying that they were patrolling and they were attacked by a group of 20 civilians, armed civilians. And they responded to the aggression and they killed 12 drug dealers.
0: But pretty quickly, that story started to unravel. First, Luis said the families of three of the shooting victims reached out to a local human rights official, and they told him...
1: Hey, my son was killed here. He was not an aggressor or a drug dealer. My son was kidnapped. My son was disappeared. And information started to emerge that contradicted the official story.
0: Then that helmet cam video we talked about before suddenly surfaced, and it seemed to corroborate the family's stories. And not long after that... Luis and his team found surveillance software on the phones of human rights officials who'd been investigating the killings. All of this seemed to point to a murderous shooting by the army and a high-tech attempt to cover it up. But then there was an unexpected twist. A hacktivist group called Guacamaya hacked into Mexico's Ministry of Defense and released millions of classified defense
2: documents.
0: Mexico's Ministry of National Defense was targeted by a group of hackers known as Guacamaya. It's considered one of the largest government leaks in Mexican history.
1: It's six terabytes of information, around 40 million documents. Uh, And it's not really easy to navigate them.
0: It was so hard to navigate that a lot of journalists got overwhelmed and just stopped digging through it. But Luis and R3D?
1: Well... We didn't. Uh, And this gave us, like, the, the missing key.
0: A missing key that both confirmed their suspicions and made clear that something much bigger and more ominous was going on than just this one terrible incident. I'm temple Tumbalrastin, and this is Click Here, a podcast about all things cyber and intelligence. Today, a new round of Mexican high-tech surveillance revelations. As R3D and Toronto's Citizen Lab dug into documents released in that leak, they found proof that the Army had not only been involved in citizen surveillance, but had a whole secret department dedicated to it. And among the targets of that secret unit... Not just the people trying to get to the bottom of what happened during those shootings in Nuevo Laredo, but also people just in their orbits. It's
2: not just the highest profile people that were targeted with Pegasus. It's their friends, their lovers, their softball coach. People around them who might have access to them were targeted as well.
0: R3D and Citizen Lab released a new report about these latest revelations. And Click Here was part of a small group of journalists given early access to it. We'll tell you what they found. Stay with us.
3: If you're looking for a daily guide to cybersecurity news and policy, sign up for the Cyber Daily. From Recorded Future News, it serves up the day's most interesting and important cyber stories from our sister publication, The Record, and then aggregates all of the big cyber stories you might have missed from news outlets around the world. Just go to therecord.media and click on Cyber Daily to get all you need to know about the world of cybersecurity right in your inbox. Hello, I'm Adam Fleming from the Global
1: Story podcast from the BBC World Service. We are looking at Lena Khan, the face of the US government's battle to regulate big tech. She's already redefined the way we talk about monopolies. Now she's taking on the likes of Amazon and Meta. But who is she? And will she win? The Global Story brings you fresh takes and smart perspectives from BBC journalists around the world. Find us wherever you get your BBC
0: podcasts. R3D and Citizen Lab had been investigating unauthorized surveillance in Mexico for years. And in 2017, they revealed a shocking discovery evidence that sophisticated spyware was being deployed against ordinary citizens. They found an Israeli spyware you may have heard of called Pegasus. It's like a spy in your pocket because it infiltrates your smartphone. It vacuums up your texts, your emails, your phone calls, everything, without you or even your service provider knowing it happened. Journalists, international investigators looking into kidnappings, the families of people killed by drug cartels, they were all targeted. And all the evidence seems to suggest that one institution had planted it, the Mexican army. Which was worrisome for all the reasons you might expect. It wasn't just because the military was spying on people, but also because, in Mexico, the army's reach has been expanding.
1: The army doesn't only control public safety. They're not only the federal police now. They control roads, customs. They build airports, refineries, trains. They have banks. They are really amassing an incredible amount of power.
0: R3D's 2017 report with these revelations caused an uproar.
1: It was a big scandal. It was in the front page of the New York Times.
0: Mexico has long been known as what you might call a spyware early adopter. The Mexican government bought high-tech surveillance products like Pegasus before much of the world even knew spyware existed. And while R3D and Citizen Lab knew that Pegasus had been planted on citizens' phones, they hadn't yet been able to prove decisively who was behind it. And the Mexican president himself, André Manuel López Obrador, denied his administration use spyware at all.
1: Señor presidente, muchas gracias de nuevo por recibir nuestras preguntas. Soy Fernando García de la Red en Defensa de los Derechos Digitales.
0: We confronted him about it during a 2019 press conference.
1: Ante esta información, ¿podría usted confirmar si el gobierno federal sigue utilizando el malware Pegasus?
0: Could you confirm, me, asked the president, if the federal government is continuing to use Pegasus spyware? López Zopedor said now that there was a new administration. His administration The days of Pegasus in Mexico were over. And then he went a step further, saying he was particularly sensitive to this because when we were in the opposition, the president said, the previous administration used it against us. We haven't purchased Pegasus by where, he said, and we don't do things like that, he added, as a matter of principle.
1: Y no lo hacemos por una cuestión de principios.
0: That was the last administration, the president kept saying. Not us. The army denied any involvement as well. But then came the Guacamaya leaks and all those secret military documents. As R3D poured over them, they began to find evidence that confirmed some of their worst suspicions, that the president of Mexico and the army had been lying. Among other things, Luis and his team found contracts and memos that link the Defense Department to entities known to sell Pegasus in Mexico. Just give
1: me a second, and I'll show it to you.
0: He's pulling up one of the smoking guns.
1: Well, the important document is this one.
0: Luis shares his screen with me. We're looking at a Ministry of Defense memo. Buried in the small print is the name of a company that Luis has been tracking for a while a company that's known to sell NSO's Pegasus.
1: Oranzúa, the same company that we already had a strong suspicion that was the intermediary company that was being used by NSO Group to commercialize Pegasus in Mexico.
0: The memo appears to show details of a deal between this company and the defense ministry, which was buying what it called a remote information monitoring system, which is just another way to describe, that's right, Pegasus.
1: So this acknowledges that this contract exists, how long it lasted, how much they paid for it, around, around 140 million pesos. Which
0: is... And even more important, it provided all kinds of specific references to the contract itself.
1: We have the number of the contract, the date of the contract, the amounts paid for the contract so that solidify our beliefs that the army was actively trying to hide the information related Uh, to this and lying to different authorities.
0: When we come back, the contract appears to be just one of the things that the army was hiding.
2: Any security service that starts building secret and unaccountable cells and then equipping them with powerful and secretive hacking technology is at extreme risk of that technology being abused.
0: Stay with us. As Luis and his team continued to dig into those leaked documents, they ran into an acronym they'd never seen before. It appeared to be some kind of military intelligence unit. In Spanish, it's known by the initials CMI.
1: CMI. What was CMI? We didn't know what CMI. You Google CMI, you you are not going to find much or anything.
0: But in that document, it said CMI stands for Military Intelligence Center. And the more they dug the more they realized that this was a secret unit inside the army, fully formed with all the official bureaucracy of an agency.
1: First, we found their logo, which means Centro Militar de Inteligencia, Military Intelligence Center. That's what CMI stands for.
0: Their motto is there, too. It reads discretion, opportunity, and precision. As Luis read on, he started to understand what this mysterious center does.
1: The objective of the CMI, it says, is to give to the intelligence arm of the chief of staff intelligence products generated from information obtained through closed... Um,
0: through uh, closed systems.
1: Yeah, for closed systems. It's not open source intelligence. This is intercepts of communications.
0: According to the Guacamaya documents, CMI is the group in charge of doing all that high-tech spying on citizens that R3D had uncovered. Things like intercepting satellite communications or vacuuming up the contents of phones. All kinds of surveillance. Luis said this is the first time the existence of CMI has been revealed publicly.
1: The logo and, and the objective and the mission and what they actually do has not been uncovered until now.
0: Louise said he can't find any evidence that the unit was formally or legally established. And he thinks he knows why. The same document we were reading together spelled out that CMI needs to remain undercover in order to survive.
1: And there's a really interesting, I'm just going to highlight this. One of the threats that they identify is that the people know that they exist and what they do.
0: Oh, Meaning they don't want people to know they exist or what they do. Exactly. Click here reached out to the military secretariat to ask about CMI and has not heard back. But it wasn't just the documents that led Luis and his team to conclude that the Army was behind the surveillance. There were digital breadcrumbs supporting that, too. For the past two decades, Citizen Lab, which worked with R3D on this investigation, has been developing tools that find forensic evidence on targeted phones. Little digital clues that flag the presence of spyware like NSO's Pegasus. John Scott Railton is one of Citizen Lab's senior investigators, and he said... If you understand the mechanics behind Pegasus, it reveals a lot about who's using it.
2: Companies like NSO have licenses with their products which limit the number of concurrent infections of devices at any given time. That means if a device is infected, for example, on a Tuesday, uh, you can't use that license for another infection at the same time on Tuesday.
0: So what you do is you infect person A on Tuesday, then you wrap up that infection Tuesday evening. That means on Wednesday morning, you can infect someone new using that very same license.
2: And then maybe if you want to continue to monitor person A, well, you go back and infect them again. So the count of infections as well as the timing can be really revealing in terms of understanding what's really going on and the motivations behind the surveillance.
0: So in other words, you almost have like spyware seats.
2: You have spyware seats. That's correct. It's called concurrent infections. And it allows NSO to earn a lot of money from their clients because it means that if you get this technology, you can't just infect 1,000 people in a day unless you really want to pay for it.
0: So what citizen lab researchers often see is security services buying lots of seats and doing a lot of infections and reinfections to maximize their licenses.
2: We've seen an operator reinfect the device whenever that device is doing something that's particularly interesting to them, or perhaps they have it on a regular schedule to pull logs from that device.
0: So that means when a phone is infected, can provide clues as to what someone might be interested in or what they're looking for. Which brings us back to that shooting rampage captured in the video, and a man named Raimundo Ramos. He was the human rights official that the families reached out to shortly after the killings happened. When R3D and Citizen Lab looked at his phone, they discovered that it had been infected with Pegasus spyware. And they could even tell when it happened, right after that controversial video was released publicly. It was reinfected again when he was talking to the media about the case, and then again when he was meeting with human rights groups and military officials. Luis had always suspected that the Army was behind those infections. The Guacamaya leak documents helped him confirm it.
1: I'm gonna share my screen, okay?
0: Inside the Army document on Lewis's screen are details about conversations that Raimondo had with journalists, conversations that he was having at the exact moment his phone was secretly infected with the Pegasus spyware, conversations that he had exclusively on encrypted apps.
1: This information could not have been acquired other than with an attack with a tool similar or Pegasus. No? So This document proves that it was the army who was spying on on Raimundo and was spying on his communications because they wanted to find out his involvement or alleged involvement in the publication of the video that was creating so much headache for the army.
0: The document goes on to then lay out a smear campaign against Raimundo, alleging that he had ties to cartels. And the implication was that they would reveal this publicly to discredit him in hopes of also discrediting his investigation into that shady army shooting.
1: It it shows there's an intention to have an influence in the outcome of the internal military investigation on the military personnel that participated in these executions.
0: So in other words, Luis said he thinks the army used Pegasus to keep tabs on what people like Raimundo We're finding out about the killings in Nuevo Laredo. Click here spoke with two U.S. government sources familiar with the killings and Raimundo Ramos, and they said they never found any evidence that supported allegations that Raimundo had links to cartels. Naturally, all these new revelations that have rocked Mexico have raised questions about who might be behind Guacamaya, the hacktivist group at the center of it all. Next week, we'll tackle that question and take you on a deep dive into what has become one of Latin America's most prolific hacking groups. The amount of information they were able to collect and then share with journalists really sets them apart in a way that we have not seen in the region before. This is Click Here. Here are some of the top cyber and intelligence stories of the past week. The FBI and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, issued an advisory late last week about Royal Ransomware. This is a second warning the U.S. government has issued about this ransomware strain in just the past four months. Royal Ransomware has been around since September 2022. And it uses its own file encryption program and does things like disable security protections and snatches huge amounts of data. Researchers at the cybersecurity firm CyberReason say the Royal Ransomware Group is made up of a team of experienced hackers who have worked as associates for other ransomware groups in the past. The password manager company LastPass has said that there were two breaches in August, not just one as previously reported. They found another breach that occurred in mid-August, and that second one appears to have allowed hackers to rampage through the company's cloud storage and exfiltrate sensitive data. The company said attackers gained such extraordinary access because they'd targeted the home computer of a specific LastPass employee with deep system privileges. LastPass added that the threat actor was able to capture the employee's master password as it was entered after it was authenticated and then gained access to key parts of the network. And finally, fast food giant Chick-fil-A said more than 71,000 of its customers had their financial information stolen from their website during a breach that went from December to February. In documents filed with the Attorney General offices of Maine, Montana, and California, Chick-fil-A said it began an investigation after discovering suspicious login activity. The information stolen included names, credit card and debit card numbers, email addresses, and membership numbers. Some accounts also had identifying information like birthdays, phone numbers, and addresses. It's unclear if they know what you ordered, too. Click Here is a production of Recorded Future News. I'm Dina Temple-Raston, the executive producer and host of the show. Sean Powers is our senior producer and marketing director. Will Jarvis is our producer. And Gabriella Glick is our intern. The show is edited by Karen Duffin and Lou Olkowski. And fact-checking is by Darren Ancrow. Our theme music and original compositions in the episode are by Ben Levingston. We also use music from Blue Dot Sessions. And we want to hear from you. So, please leave us a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts, or send us an email at here at recordedfuture.com and check out our website, clickhearshow.com. That's it for this week. I'm Dina Temple Raston, and we'll be back on Tuesday.
3: Looking for more of the cybersecurity and intelligence coverage you get on Click Here? Then check out our sister publication, The Record, from Recorded Future News. You'll get breaking cyber news from reporters in New York, Washington, London, and Kiev, among others. And you'll see for yourself why it attracts hundreds of thousands of page views every month. Just go to the therecord.media.